This is the Less Doing Podcast with your host, Ari Mysel. Learn how to optimize, automate, and outsource, and be more effective at everything. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Less Doing Podcast. My name is Ari Mizell. I am an achievement architect. I help people optimize, automate, and outsource everything in their lives and be more effective. Thanks for listening in. We've got a lot of cool stuff to cover today. Uh, we're going to start with some app review stuff, and then I want to talk about some uh, quick tips that I like to use on a pretty much daily basis. We've got some scientific studies to back up all the principles of less doing that I tend to profess on the blog. And then we're going to finish up with an interview with Ted Roden of Fancy Hands, the virtual assistant company that I've talked about quite a few times on the blog. So we'll jump right in, starting with the one little app review. There's a really cool app for the iPhone, and it's also a web-based called Slice Project. And Basically, it integrates with your email, whether it's Gmail or Yahoo, and it will pull all of your shipping receipts together. So you order something from Amazon or from Zappos or whatever it might be, it'll pull together the tracking information and pull it all into one place. So not only does it show you how much you're spending on a monthly or weekly basis on all your purchased goods, but more importantly, it shows you where they are in transit. So if you're following some of the principles we've talked about, such as never running errands, you're going to be ordering a lot of things on Amazon Prime and Amazon Subscribe and Save. So it's really nice when I get a little pop-up on my iPhone saying, this, pra- this package, and it doesn't just say Amazon shipment, blah, blah, blah. It actually says this package containing this is out for delivery. So I know to expect it. Uh, and then it will also tell me when it has been delivered. So if you're in a doorman building or someone else receives your packages, you'll get an alert pretty much within about 10 minutes of it actually being delivered. So that's Project Slice. And again, it's a mobile app as well as a web-based program. Uh, I've talked about Evernote quite a bit on the site. We talk about it in the external brain, using it for getting notes and ideas out of your head and into an organized system. But there's probably just a couple little things that you might not know about what Evernote can do. One of which is that if you use the Evernote Clipper extension for Chrome as well as uh, other popular browsers, when you search in Google, your Evernote results, if you have something in your Evernote notes that matches that search, it will actually show up at the top of the results first. So this is really powerful. Since I'm always telling people, don't discriminate. Just get your notes out of your head. If you have a thought, get it out of your head. If you have an idea or a question, get it out on paper, or in this case, obviously, digitally. And that way it's organized and searchable. But people worry that they're going to overload that, and they're just going to have hundreds and hundreds of notes without any idea of what they're going to do with it. But the truth is, is even if you have some bad ideas or ideas that you don't really know where they're going, if you get them out into an organized system... Either eventually a bunch of those ideas will come together in one really cool idea or something interesting, or more likely a week from now, a month from now, a year from now, you're searching in Google 
and two results will pop up from Evernote, something that you might have bookmarked forever ago, but you thought it was relevant, or you thought it might be relevant, but you didn't know why. All of a sudden, you're actually searching for that kind of thing, and it's right there, and the relevancy is there. It's the coolest feature when you go to search for something, and all of a sudden you see that there's a couple results that are already in your Evernote, something that you, you saw before and found interesting. Another really great feature of the mobile apps, whether it's on your iPad or your iPhone or, or uh, BlackBerry or Android, it integrates with your Google Calendar to pull information from a meeting so that when you go to take notes, it's relevant to that. So, for instance, if at 2 o'clock today you have a, a meeting with Ben and you're sitting there at 2.15 with Ben and you want to take some notes, if you go to create a new note, it will automatically populate it with notes from meeting with Ben. So, saves you the step and also adds that additional context to it that you might not have thought of before. So, Two more reasons to just love Evernote, as if we needed those. Uh, another app that I've been using recently is called I Done This Today, uh, and it's idonethistoday.com. With achievement architecture, a lot of what I'm doing with people is working on reaching goals and keeping them motivated and sticking to them along the way. And the truth is, is that with so many things going on in our lives and so much information being thrown at us all the time, it's very easy to kind of lose track of how we're spending our time, what we're doing with our resources, what we're thinking, what, what's, just, what's going on. So with I Done This Today, every night you get an email. And very simple question, what did you do today? All you have to do is respond to the email and say what you did. So it might have been, I went on a trip with this person. I had my first meeting with this client and it went really well. I went on my first date today with this person. Just kind of an offload, again, getting things out of your mind. But what it does is it, first of all, it can put it in your Google Calendar. So that's really cool. If you ever want to go back, you know, a month or, or, or longer and see what was happening on a given day, you'll see where your, where your head was at on that particular day. And if you're working on a goal, you know, let's say you want to lose 30 pounds. So you can say, you know, I'm five pounds down today out of my goal of 30 today, you know, for instance. Uh, but another thing is that it will randomly pull back or throw back things that you've done before. So when you get that nightly email, it'll tell you what you did the night before or the day before rather. And then it'll have a random one, maybe a week ago or two weeks ago. So again, we can't know where we're going if we don't know where we've been, right? So it's really cool if you're working on something to be reminded of maybe it was a bad day that you had and now you're in a really good place or maybe it was a good day you had and it led to something else. You never know. Uh, you know, maybe you wrote about a client meeting that you didn't think was going so well and now three weeks later it's one of your best clients. It's a really, really cool kind of self-examination tool. Next app I want to talk about is Contactually. So a couple times I've talked about services that throw some randomness into the game. And one of those is hassleme.co.uk, which is a service that will remind you to do something in an approximate schedule. So, for instance, uh, you can tell it, check your spam folder approximately every 14 days. And then you might get an email after 10 days, and you might get an email after 15 days or after 17 days. It, it randomizes it. And the benefit of that, actually, is that the disruptive nature of it sometimes will be enough to to make it so that you can get it done actually easier because assuming that you're going to be available every Friday at 10.30 is not reasonable. Anyway, so Contactually has a similar protocol, but it has to do with contacts. 
So it's kind of like a CRM system, but basically it'll look at your email and all your communications, and every day or every week, whatever you set it to, it will give you an email list of actions, of people to contact. And it may be someone who you had 20 emails with a month ago and you haven't talked to them since then. Uh, or it may be somebody that you've lost touch with for months or somebody that you talked to last week. It uses, a, am assuming, a fairly sophisticated algorithm to give you this suggested hit list. And I have to say, in using it after for about two weeks now, it's really cool. Uh, it's reminding me to contact friends that I've forgotten who have moved away or or I just haven't talked to recently, uh, as well as business contacts that, you know, it's been maybe months and it's a good time to check in and see what's going on. So that's contextually. And then the last one I want to talk about, which I've also mentioned before, but I, I just love it, is ifttt.com, which is if this, then that. Basically, it allows you to create recipes that make automations between different web applications. And everything from YouTube to Twitter to Posteris and Google Calendar and even your phone and SMS. So essentially, you say, if this happens, then I want this to happen. And where I, I actually have about 20 things set up with IFTTT, but one of which that is extremely useful to me is every week on Friday, I post uh, on my blog 20 or so things that I found interesting during the week. The thing is, is that I have to pull those from a list of about 200 things that I found interesting during the week. I read about 1,000 blog posts a day, and with Google Reader, you can star an entry, um, which you know m- makes it special in some way, just that you wanted it. But I don't keep it as unread. I just start and I move on. What happens with IFTTT is that if I star an item in Google Reader, first of all, it will tweet it out, but it tweets it out through Buffer, which is an app that that um, basically parses out your tweets so that you're not spamming Twitter and not doing you know a tweet every five seconds. It'll space them out throughout the day, which is really nice. Uh, it will also automatically create an Evernote note for it. So at the end of the week, I just look down through Evernote and I see all the different things that I tagged during that week. So first of all, they're in Evernote. So if I ever go to search for that in Google, it'll come up. But it allows me to kind of break it down and see what I think might be really interesting for the post. It also puts it in Zootool, Digo, a couple other uh, social bookmarking sites. But basically, six actions happen from me just starring the one entry. So this is really great because this enables me to actually get through the thousand blog posts a day. And if I find something interesting, I star it, which takes a quarter of a second, and I move on. So I may found I may find a hundred things interesting, but I don't have to save it here and then tweet it out and then save it to Evernote and then maybe make a blog post about it. It's all organized for me automatically. So I definitely recommend you check out ifttt.com. I want to talk about a concept that I use with my achievement architecture clients a lot, which is has to do with living and working in the moment. We all try to take on too much, there's no question. And I, I actually wrote a blog post the other day about getting rid of your to-do list because a to-do list inherently makes something that should be dynamic into something static. You could have 60 items on your to-do list and maybe half of them depend on somebody else to do something before you can do anything about it, which is frustrating. And maybe some of them are really long-term projects, but having them smacking you in the face by just being there doesn't help. So I like to think things very moment to moment, and I do enforce this concept of micro-goals with people. People are just generally bad at setting goals. It's, something, it's just something inherent in us, you know, saying that I want to 
read 100 books by the end of the month is not a reasonable goal. But, I mean, that's a challenge anyway. However, if you were to say that I want to read a book a day, while that's still very, very difficult, that's a much more reasonable way to look at it. You're making those chunks a lot more bite-sized. It gives you a lot better chance of actually achieving it and being motivated by that and then moving on from it. So you can't worry about the past too much. And you really can't worry so much about the future because there's so much of it that we can't control. All that you can do is work in the moment and finish what you're working on and move on to the next thing or finish what you're enjoying and move on to the next thing. Take life in bite-sized chunks. So this means that you can enjoy a lot more because those bits are just going to keep coming and coming. And if you break them down... Each one, progress begets progress. So as you accomplish one, you feel good, you move on to the next one, and it's a snowball effect. Goals should be as small as possible, and progress markers should be as small as possible. So that doesn't mean that we can't have long-term planning and we can't have long-term goals, but as far as what we're using our brain capacity for, which is already limited, honestly, you know, we only can use less than 10% of our brain power as it is, you need to focus on what's happening right now and live in the moment and be present and hopefully enjoy what's happening right now. My absolute favorite thing is when I'm looking through blog posts and I see a psychological study or some scientific study that backs up the principles that I'm screaming on my blog every day and that I'm talking about with my achievement architecture clients. So there's this great article in a blog called Lead, Learn, Live – by David Canigan. And the title of the post is, If you're busy, you're doing something wrong. The surprisingly relaxed lives of elite achievers. And I just love this. Uh, there's, there's too much of an, this idea, especially among the startup community and tech startups, that you have to have your head down and head down and be you know, in the office 22 hours a day and sleeping at your desk and not eating and not enjoying yourself and not having any hobbies or outside interests and just be in your work. But the truth is, is that's sustainable for about 10 minutes before you start to burn out. The truth is, is the 80-20 principle that we always talk about, which is Pareto's Law, which you know, usually says that 80% of your outcome comes from 20% of your input. I like to apply that, that 20% of your time and effort should be spent on work and very efficient work. And the other 80% of the time should be spent on rest, recuperation, and self-improvement. Now, I know that might sound crazy, but if you think about it for a second, that 80% where you're taking care of yourself and making yourself into a better version than you were the day before, that's going to make you do better in your work, whether you're in a corporate job or in a startup you have to refresh the person. Otherwise, you'll run out. It's just, it's just the way it is. It's simple laws of nature. So basically what this study showed, and it was looking at uh, uh, music players, essentially. So it was saying, first of all, that the time revealed that both groups, elite and non-elite, on average spent the same amount of hours on music per week, which was around 50 hours. But what they found was that elite players were spending almost three times more hours than the average player on deliberate practice, which is the uncomfortable, methodical work of stretching your ability. So this isn't working for a few minutes and then procrastinating and doing something else. This is 
deciding that this is a period where you're going to work, you're going to be efficient, you get into a groove and a momentum and you power through it. And it may not be the most pleasant thing, but you know that you're going to spend this particularly packed chunk. And then what it goes on to say is that they actually spent more time being relaxed, the elite players did, than the average players. Elite players spent an hour more per night than average players sleeping. They tended to spend essentially, and I don't have anything against procrastination, by the way. I just think that you actually should schedule it and make time for it because it has a benefit. If you enjoy watching reality TV, don't intersperse it in the middle of your work and feel bad about it. Actually tell yourself, I'm going to take the next 20 minutes and I'm going to watch reality TV on Hulu Plus. And when I'm done with that, I'm going to feel refreshed and good. And then I'm going to spend an hour working and it's going to be great. Now, I know that's a little simplified, but it really does work. When you make these motions to do deliberate practice and deliberate work, and then also deliberate relaxation and recuperation, you're a happier person and your work product is better. And basically what the study concludes is that if your goal is to build a remarkable life, then busyness and exhaustion should be your enemy. So being chronically stressed and being up late doesn't make you elite. It makes you average. And we want everyone to be elite. Now I want to move on to another set of scientific studies, but it's from my absolute, one of my favorite blogs out there. Um, a guy named Eric Barker keeps a blog called Barking Up the Wrong Tree. And I think Eric must spend all day, every day, just reading every scientific study out there. And he basically breaks it down into a couple paragraphs with bolded points. So for people like me with short attention spans, you can get through some really interesting material in not a lot of time. So basically, he had a, a post that was 10 quick ways to improve your life distilled from tons of research. And I'm not going to go through all 10, but uh, just going to mention a few that are particularly effective and I just think are interesting. So one of them was develop the gratitude attitude. Now again, this is all based on hardcore scientific research. Doesn't mean it's infallible, but it's not just opinion. So they found that having people list three things that they are grateful for in life or three events that have gone especially well over the past week can significantly increase their level of happiness for about a month. So now this is actually a really good use of I done this today because something really good might have happened today. And even if some bad stuff happened or, or you just kind of it got lost in the fray, if you write it down, first of all, it helps you remember it and recall it. But it's there and it will come back to you at some point. And according to this study, it actually can keep you happy for quite a while. Another really cool one, which I, I love this one, but apparently if you place a mirror in your kitchen, you'll see a 32% reduction in your consumption of unhealthy food. Let that soak in for a second. You can go out and spend about $2 and get a mirror and put it in your kitchen and you can cut your unhealthy consumption of food by 30%. That's crazy and kind of the thing that Kind of one of those things that there's no reason why you shouldn't do it today. So please do. <laughs> um, so then another interesting one as far as productivity was that adding plants to an office results in a 15% boost in the number of creative ideas reported by male employees and helps their female counterparts to produce more original solutions to problems. So that one's not so out there. I'm assuming that that means that if you have more oxygen production from the plants that you're going to be more creative. Uh, but, you know, different plants have visual effects, have uh, oxygen effects, you never know, but get yourself a plant. And uh, there's plenty of plants that work indoors and don't require a lot of care, so 
No reason not to do that either. Then another cool one was visualizing yourself doing, not achieving. People who visualize themselves taking the practical steps needed to achieve their goals are far more likely to succeed than those who simply fantasize about their dreams becoming a reality. So this actually speaks to living in the moment. So it doesn't help, you know, if if I'm working towards owning that villa in Tuscany, it doesn't help to visualize the villa in Tuscany. It helps to imagine the steps that it will take to get there. So living in the moment, what is the next step that I need to take to get to my goal? And this is what I was saying, how it's still good to do long-term planning. So work backwards from that goal. What do I need to do? Is it a certain amount of money? Is it a certain amount of time off? Do I need to retire? All these steps, but then just attack those steps one at a time. And I wrote a post about using followup.cc to make those individual tasks come to you when they are timely so you don't have to be staring in the um, stared down by your task list all day and have 60 things staring at you that you can't work on and then the final thing that i want to mention as far as studies is the uh, writing about your relationship so what they found was that partners who spend a few moments each week committing their deepest thoughts and feelings about the relationship to paper boosts the chances that they will stick together by more than 20%. Now, again, this is a really great use of I done this. Uh, and it speaks to what's going on in our lives every day. There are so many things thrown at us all day long, every day, and, and things that we're expected to do and responsibilities that it really does sometimes become hard to appreciate, much less remember the little things that happen in our day, whether it's a small compliment from a spouse or a flirty look from someone that you're dating. Make sure to take a few moments and note that down, and it will have a lasting impact on your psyche and your emotional well-being. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, we have Ted Roden from Fancy Hands Virtual Assistants. Hi, hi, Ted. Hi, how are you? Good. Thanks for thanks for taking the time to to be interviewed. I'm I'm very excited to be here. I'm a a big fan of Dustin and all those things. So. Thank you very much. Uh, so why don't we jump right in and just tell people what Fancy Hands is? Sure. So uh, Fancy Hands is sort of a uh, it's called, called a personal assistant service. It's um, essentially you can think of it maybe as a virtual concierge. So sort of um, if you need something done. You know, in a day, and there's so much you need to do every day, um, but you don't personally need to do it. That's the kind of stuff that we do. So we won't go and pick up your dry cleaning for you, but we can uh, help you schedule appointments. We can, you know, make reservations. We do a lot of phone calls, things like that. Um, but yeah, you can think of us sort of as a as an assistant or a secretary, or um, you know, a right-hand man who can do pretty much anything except for physically lift something or go somewhere for you. Okay, and uh, now Fancy Hands is an on-demand uh, virtual assistant service rather than like a dedicated service. So, how, you know, how does that work? Sure. So it's um, it's a subscription service, right? So you pay you pay a set fee per month, which is as low as like twenty bucks, um, and you get you know sort of a number of tasks that will do for you in a month. Uh, but and the, but it's not like you said, it's not there's not a single person. You don't just talk to to just Jane or Tom. You talk to sort of all of Fancy Hands. And um, that actually sort of opens up a lot of possibilities because we have, a, you know, essentially a very large staff um, and are able, you know, we don't, for example, take breaks or, you know, go on vacation. So as a regular system, we go on vacation. We don't do any of that. We're always there, sort of always ready to go. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, but it's, it's, it's on demand. So you, you just send an email, you make a phone call, you know, 
ask us to do something and we'll have it taken care of. And uh, so, I mean, obviously the typical tasks, you know, like research, make appointments, things like that. What if somebody needs to do like longer, you know, like, or like what, what constitutes a task? You know, what's a limit on a task? Sure. So, so the terms of service make some definitions of what a task is in case, you know, it spirals out of control and we just can't do something. Now, I mean, so that we, 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 we tend to look the other way and, and, and try to work with you. Um, we, but we aren't, though, is we're not like an hourly service, right? So you can't say, you know, do an hour's worth of data entry on this thing. So it, it should be sort of discrete tasks, like something we can finish um, is generally a good way to look at it. And I like to say, you know, if it's, it, it should be small enough where, you know, we can get up and running and done with it, you know, with, with a short email from you and, and um, you know, no training on our end. So, you know, we tend to do stuff, you know, around, you know, 15 minutes sort of mark. Um, obviously, we can, we'll go longer than that. It's just uh, that's generally a good a good time frame. So if you start to break your your projects down um, in, in a really interesting way when you start to think about delegating it to us, and you break it down into you know discrete units of work that we can do. You know, call this person, find out the answer to this question. Um, you know, do you know whatever it is like that, and sort of in a small scale. So it's important to realize that we're not hourly. You know, it's not an hourly service. It's a, it's a task-based service, and so it's just. So those discrete units of work is where we really shine and really can get back to you fast. Yeah, and that's really great, actually, because one of the things that I focus on with my coaching clients is I'm always telling them that they have to break down their goals into micro-goals and micro-tasks, and you want tasks mm -hmm. to be as small and bite-sized as possible, you know, even as small as 15 minutes. So by and, and at the same note, I tell people that working with a virtual assistant is a good training process for them because they have to learn how to delegate properly and efficiently. And since you're limiting tasks, you know, to these sort of bite-sized portions. That actually really does help, I think, to help people organize their thoughts and then, you know, break out how they're going to do things. Yeah, you bring up a good point. I think um, delegating, you know, is, is, is like you, you mentioned you sort of, you know, get started learn to delegate. And, and delegating is, is a little harder than I think people assume. Um, people either, you know, sign up and, and, and don't quite know sort of what to submit or we get some people who sign up immediately and submit, say, um, do this important, huge important part of my sales process. Um, they ask us to do that, and, and then, you know, they'll focus on something else. And I would say, you know, you focus on that. You focus on the big important sales thing that only you can do and only you can do great. And let us do whatever it is that's stopping you from doing that. Right, so if, if it's if you're you know you're busy you know doing stuff personal stuff or making a you know doctor's appointment or, or researching another aspect of it, let us do those things and you handle the part that the reason you get paid the reason you get paid well is because you're um, you're good at that sales part you're good at the programming better you're good at you know at these aspects it's the rest of the stuff that you're sort of um, that's sort of on your plate and, and that's keeping in the front of your mind that's that's causing you to stop doing that stuff at least that's what I think. Um, I think it goes back, you know, if you're familiar with the GTD methodology of sort of having all your next actions, you know, we're really great once you define 100 next actions, you know, start sending them to us, you know, once because at that point they're small enough to work on, there's things that can be done, um, and, and, and we work really great sort of in that methodology too. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so now where are most of your systems based? So they're all based in the United States. They're all, all over the states. We have, you know, a lot out west. We have, um, you know, Portland, Denver, uh, you know, just there are some places where the center is located. But they're, since they're, they work virtual, they're not in our office or anything. But they're also not, you know, it's not um, 
you know, a data entry call center, you know, in, in some, some third world country. It's, you know, the Americans, they, they, they understand the language, they understand the nuance of what you're asking. Um, you know, we have people from literally from Brooklyn to uh, New York to Duluth um, and, and sort of all walks in between. Yeah, and I, I mean, so that's hugely important. Um, obviously, if you're going to be having the virtual assistants dealing with clients or or responding to calls, whatever it might be, you know, that somebody hears a delay in Skype or they mm -hmm. hear, you know, an accent, and there's an immediate like I feel like turn off with a lot of that. Um, yeah. So I've I've spoken to, you know, I, I, obviously I use hands hands. I've spoken to several of the assistants, and they all are very cheerful, and they <laughs> really it's 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 a nice experience. That's right. Yeah, the, and the, you know, I always, I always point to like the language barrier in this country is huge. And people don't understand, but like you know, if, um, you know, someone talk, from Louisiana talking to somebody from Seattle, like we're gonna have to talk slow to each other. You know, it's it's very different. Um, you know, including just you know the words they use, the actual language is, is is different. So having having somebody in another country as a second language is is sort of a non-starter in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Now, so what led you to start Fancy Hands? I mean, I, I have this image in my head of you like being buried under a pile of papers one day or something, or you know, some typical story. <laughs> but what, what, how did it happen? Well, I, I'm a programmer at heart, right? So, I, so before this, I was at um, Vimeo.com, you know, the video sharing site. Uh, after that, I was at the New York Times in the research and development lab for a while. Um, and so, so I'm a programmer, and, and when a programmer has a problem, they tend to complicate things and write a program to solve it rather than to, to deal with it. And so what happened was that I was um, I was in the, I had a full-time job. I was working at the Times. Um, my wife was pregnant, and then we went to the hospital, and she had the baby. Um, and while, I was in the while we were in the hospital still with the baby, I uh, agreed to write a book for O'Reilly. So I wrote, uh, I wrote a book. I had a book deal. A brand new baby and a full-time job, and so sort of anything else you ask me to do, I would not get done. So if I wanted to take my wife out to dinner to dinner to say, you know, hey, congrats, we got a baby. Um, and going out to dinner was going to be easy, but making that phone call to to make the reservation is was just impossible. Uh, so I um, so rather than um, you know make that little phone call, I wrote a very complicated service to make that phone call for me. Um, and so I. Uh, I literally scratched my niche. It was like whether or not I had no time to, you know, make a reservation, or if it was just a mental block stopping me. I, I, I just wasn't going to make the phone call, so it didn't really matter what the reason was. So, so I built this service, and I built it for myself, and I kind of didn't expect to put it live because um, I'd used some services, um, you know, sort of based out of India. Um, there's some, some if you're familiar with Tim Ferriss books, he talks about about these kinds of services, and I'd had bad experiences, and so I just built it. Really, because I was totally underwater, it wasn't really a stack of papers, but it was a stack of diapers and and a you know this nagging book deal on this full time job and i I really couldn't you know do anything else and so um I just built the service uh for myself, and then I realized um that I could get a lot more assistance if I had a lot more tasks coming in, and I realized the more assistance I had um the better the service would be and so then I opened it up, and that was uh like two years ago almost that we opened it up to other users um and immediately got. It got some press and sort of took off a little bit, but it was it was absolutely I needed this service. I was uh, I was way out of control and um, built it, scratching my own itch, I guess. Yeah, no, I mean that's often where a lot of the best you know company ideas come out of is, is selling a need, obviously. Um, so, can you tell me how many assistants you've grown to now? 
well, it's, it's a weird number. It's, it's hard. It's hard to qualify because you know, like they're they're contractors and whatever, and they don't have to work certain hours. Um, so I'm not really sure, but there are there are thousands of work for this. Wow, that's okay. That's amazing. Um, are there yeah. is there like a training process or or just kind of some basic guidelines and? There, there, there's both, right? So there's, there's a training process, there's some basic guidelines, um, and we're um, we're going to sort of revamp how we hire them soon too, and so sort of anybody can come on board. Um, right now, it's a it's a bit of a top-heavy process for us to bring new assistants on board, um, but we, uh, you know, we're, we're training that you'll be up on the site even, you know, sign up here to be an assistant, and so it's, uh, um, but it's it's a lot of training and a uh, you know quality control is sort of huge issue with us. We, we try very hard to, you know, have good quality results because um, once you stop trusting us, it's hard to get that trust back. Uh, so we're, it's our, our big push is to get these systems trained um, and every answer every answer gets verified by somebody else. So it's, there's more than one set of eyes on, on everything we do. Sort of one so of the, one you have like your own kind of like internal mechanical Turk. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. Yeah, um, it, it, it's really amazing that you've grown so big because I mean I I I've had such consistent results from the from the the tasks that I've had done and some of them have been pretty complex tasks honestly even though they were 20 minute or less tasks they were fairly complex for somebody seeing it for the first time and mm-hmm. uh, wow that's yeah that's a, that's that's great that <laughs> you have so many yeah um, that's, that's so, that, job so then you're also available all the time exactly right so we're we're available you know obviously we slow down since since it's, everybody's based in America. We j- we have 24-hour coverage, but we slow down a little bit at night. You know, um, certain holidays are a little slower, but but we, there's always somebody there. Always somebody looking, and um, we're very excited to we're we pushing out um, some new a laundry list of new features, but also we're pushing out sort of uh, uh, some changes to the back end, which will allow us to say um, to help you to tell you exactly where we are in the process. Right now, you send it in, and it's sort of hard to tell. Are we working on it? How far along is it? And, and in the future, you'll be able to see very clearly. Okay, we've done this, this, and this, and you know we expect it to be done by the, at this point, um, which I think will be a game changer. You know, because you'll be able to trust it a lot more when you can see what's happening. Right now, so I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but based on you being a programmer and based on having so many people, it sounds like the real secret sauce is some amazingly powerful algorithm for routing these tasks to people. <laughs> Yeah, the the what what where you know where, where the business is, what the business is 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 the software. And so I have I have, I have really great assistants and, and people in there, but um, I'm I'm a software person at heart, and and um, you know the product we built is a software product. Um, it just happens to have, need a lot of people to run. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, that's definitely where the focus has always been. Yeah, it's well, uh, it's obviously working. Um, so before we wrap up, I just want to know now what your personal top three like personal productivity rules are. Uh, that's a good question. My productivity rules. Um, well, or one productivity is, tips. You know, the, what 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 you you can't live without, obviously, other than fancy hands. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of. Um, I, I have a couple. One is. Uh, this is a very simple thing that that's sort of hard to get my head around. And I, I, I had a uh, when I was had a full time job and was working on fancy hands on the side. It came and this was like sort of 15 minutes of work now is worth two hours after after work. So what I was I ended up sort of doing was I would I would be in the coffee shop in the morning, and I would realize like I could be 15 minutes late to work now. 
and get 15 minutes of work done on my side project. Um, or I can count on being able to do two hours tonight at home with the kids running around and all that. And so I would sit down and I would just be 15 minutes late to work. I would, I would chug away at, you know, seven in the morning, whatever it was at the coffee shop. When I was just normally had been just stopping in there for a second to get a coffee to go, I was getting a coffee to go, sitting down, pounding through 15 minutes of emails that I would not otherwise do until much later. And I, you know, then you sort of get put in this frame of mind of working for the rest of the day. Uh, since it was a side project, my mind was still on my side projects all day. Um, so I could, you know, by the time I would get home, I was definitely going to put in the two hours at that point because it had been on my mind all day. I was already in the zone. Um, and, you know, maybe maybe it wasn't the best thing to be doing to have my mind um, on my side project all day at my day full-time job. But, you know, this was this was my dream, right? It was to start my company and make it a full-time gig, which, which of course, I did. Um, so my first thing would be start working early in the morning on something, you know, that you know that you were otherwise going to put off till after work. Because then, even if you just get started, then it's sort of this open loop that your mind will gnaw at until you get done. The second one is I use, I use there's a lot of programs to do this, and I call it, it's the one I use is called Concentrate. Um, and all it is is I can set a, essentially set up a list of, uh, it's like horse blinders, essentially. You set up a list of websites, software, um, things that you don't want to be able to do, and you set up the software, and it won't let you do them. So I could say, look, I'm spending way too much time on Twitter, so I, I tell this program, don't let me go to Twitter for the next hour, and don't let me go to, you know, Yahoo Sports or, or whatever these websites are that I keep wasting all my time on. And then so, like, when I'm in the zone and working, 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 and it's like, all right, let me just check Twitter or Tumblr real quick, and I try to go to it, and I can't do it. It tells me no. And so, like, and then I just, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm not supposed to be doing that, and I get back to work. Um, and that, that's been, that's always huge. Every time I do that, I'm, you know, it's always so fun to actually get denied that get the denial message because I realized, right, this is working. I'm in the zone still. I'm not, I didn't go off and think I was going to spend 10 seconds on Twitter and spend an hour. And then my third productivity tip would be just sort of what we talked about earlier. It's like, if, if you can't break down your projects into bite-sized chunks, small enough essentially for anybody to do, you probably haven't thought it through. And so my, my, my next tip is just that I like to break things down into chunks that it's like, aren't going to take me any time, things I could do brain dead asleep. And if, you know, some, sometimes you look at a project and say, no, it's too hard to do that. Um, and I say, yes. And then you have to keep breaking it down until it's something that you can just, you know, churn widgets through all day long and, and, and get there. Um, and then when you're, you know, got your concentrate app running or you've got those 15 minutes in the morning, you know exactly what to do and you can start pounding away. And that's a tip that I agree with more than I follow. <laughs> you know, it's one I work at uh, a lot, but I don't know that I'm, I'm good at it, and that's that's even this week, even this morning. I was trying to, I right, break these down. Let's do this, and um, but that's when I when I'm in that zone and when I can do that, yeah, I'm, I'm so much more productive. And I, you know, I don't feel like I'm a, a rat on an assembly line, although I'm trying to set that up for myself. Uh, but so those are my three. Con, you know, so this concentrate app, um, you know, working working 15 minutes in the morning, and. Um, and uh, breaking things down. Those are my three. Those, those are great. Those are cool, different tips. I really appreciate that. Well, that's it. I mean, thank you so much for taking the time to tell us about a service that I use and love. Um, and I, people can just go to fancyhands.com to sign up, right? Yeah, you go to fancyhands.com. You can sign up. Uh, you can sort of see everything um, uh, that we do. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, thanks a lot, Ted. All right, thank you very much. Take care.